Well, hello and welcome to today's live event. Um, I was actually going to introduce myself today by saying ho, 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 but I thought it might be a little silly. But anyway, welcome to today's uh, live event. It's the NCBI Labs Technology Live event. And this one is a very special one. This one is the last of the year. Um, can you believe it? We have kicked off these live events uh, in April of this year, and they have been an incredible success, mostly down to uh, me wanting to start them. I'm only kidding. It was actually down to the entire team and the hard work of, of all the guys who've been running the events. So I wanted to kick off today, first of all, by saying a huge thank you to Jude and all the team on uh, working on the live events. And they've been a great success for 2020. And we've got some great feedback for them in 2020. Okay. Um, Let's push on a little bit, if that's okay with the slides there. So what do we have coming up today on this live event? So we're gonna take a look back at some of the best uh, shows in 2020, and there's so many of them. And we're gonna talk amongst ourselves just to see um, what everyone thought was their favorite show and talk about the segments that we've done. And indeed, if you'd like to, uh, you'd like to send us in a question and you have any comments, do send them in to labs at ncbi.ie and you can also do it here in the chat feature on the live event here on Microsoft Teams. Uh, also coming up, we're going to uh, do a quick review and update on our virtual technology clubs that uh, uh, we've been running around the country and give you some more information on them. Brian Manning is with us again today. He has got some information on Braille technology and some of the new uh, uh, new and emerging trends on that as well. We also have our regular segment, Tech Quick Tips. So you get some quick tips on uh, assistive technology as well. And then we'll have um, our tech help Q&A as well. Uh, also, which is exciting, we're also going to be giving away uh, a blind shell phone uh, and you will give you details how you can how you can take part in the end in, in that competition. Additionally, too, we'll have we're going to be giving away an Amazon Echo Dot. So lots of giveaways here as we run up into the holiday season. Um, from NCB Lab. So do, do stay tuned. We'll give you further details on how you can take part in those competitions. All your questions and comments, please do, please do send them in to me and the team. It's labs at ncbi.ie. That's labs at ncbi.ie. And if you'd like to ask questions throughout the show as well, you can also um, uh, do so via the, the inbuilt question and answer uh, feature on Microsoft Teams, as I said. Okay, so just to let you know who I am, my name is Kyron O'Mahony, I'm the Chief Technology Officer for the National Council of the Blind. And with me today on the phone, we have a great team. Uh, uh, would you say on the phone if it's Microsoft Teams? I'm not quite sure. Uh, with us today on the phone, let's go with that. We have um, great members of the team. We have Dennis Nolan, our Technology Training Manager, Sean Doran, Daniel Dunn, JP Corcoran, Joe Lonigan, and Brian Manning are all joining me today on the call. So all of the rest of the team I can see are on mute, but you're going to unmute yourself now and say hello to uh, say hello to everyone. So first off, I'll just like to introduce you to Sean Doran, who's handling all our production as well. So hey, Sean, how are you doing? Hi, Kyron. Nice to be here. Uh, happy Christmas, everybody. Um, yeah. Looking forward to the show. Uh, we will be revisiting the Android versus Apple yeah. uh, battle today on today, today on today's show. Um, I think I've had too much coffee today. That's I shouldn't have had so much coffee before we started off. Um, Brian. Welcome, Brian. Brian Manning, our technology trainer. Hi, Brian. How are you doing today? Hi, Aaron. Greetings from, from the, the southern capital and happy Christmas and happy new year to everyone. Great. And uh, I can see uh, Daniel is on the line. Hi, Daniel. You're on mute there. Hi, Kyron. Um, gosh, it's hard to believe. Number 27. 
27 um, of these, yeah. Title of, of our, our event here today, number 27. It's hard to believe, and time has gone so fast, but it's been a great year uh, with the live events and a credit to all the guys here on the crew and to yourself as well. Uh, job well done. Cool. Uh, JP, why don't you say hello, JP? Hello, Kyle. Hello, everybody. Everyone, a happy, very happy Christmas. And Karen, great, great to have you back presenting another live event today. Thank you very much, JP. I And just so everyone knows, I didn't kick Jude off. <laughs> this light event, Juve is taking a, a, a much deserved break. He's done a great job this year and he's off on annual leave today. Otherwise, Jude will be back with you all in the new year. Uh, Joe, Joe Lonigan. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Hi, Karen. How's it going? Good. Welcome. Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Uh, it's a great it's a great sense of fun when we get to these ones now when we we didn't have to prepare a lot of content so we're just going to spend a, the entire hour chatting about assistive technology which is great uh finally let me introduce you to dennis hi dennis hello Kyron, and hello everybody as well man a few words uh, yeah <laughs> all right let's move on to our, our first topic there sean so um I thought it would be an interesting thing to run over um, some of the statistics from um, from the live events. So, as uh, as Daniel mentioned, we have done twenty seven live events here in the NCBI Labs team. Ninety nine percent of them were done by the team that are on the call here at the moment. Uh, and Jude has been has been emceeing them for many years. They've been a huge success. We've had over four thousand views. Uh, I'm not sure if that includes the podcast downloads as well, but we've had a huge amount of podcast downloads as well. So you can you can listen to this um, this live event after the fact. And JP, you might call it one or two of the statistics as well. Yeah, of course, uh, Karen. So I'm just going to talk to some of the uh, stats for the, for the year. As I said, 20, 27 live events, including today, about 34 video tutorials, the demonstrations, different lens. Some are short, maybe some are a little bit longer. Um, yeah, as you said, over 4,000 YouTube views and podcast listens. Um, we have had 10 Seeing It Your Way service user interviews, which have been great. I've really and enjoyed course, those. Yeah. yeah, and then we've had 10 guest interviews now as well, which I can, um, I'll just share a slide there now, Kyron, so you can go through some of these, mm -hmm. some of the highlights well, of the year. Yeah, some some great guests we've had on here. I think one of our first guests, um, uh, the Be My Eyes founder, Hans, was a really, really, really interesting uh, uh, insight into the Be My Eyes app, which is a hugely popular app for uh, those with uh, sight loss. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the best ones. I think we had one, one of the kind of ones that kickstarted the live events as well, live mm -hmm. event four. Yeah, it was definitely one of the best. And we had Lena Cousy on from the library then, uh, the live event five, to talk about the NCBI overdrive and bookshare services. And uh, do you want to go through these, Karen, yourself, or will I keep going? No, you keep on going. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. So then we had Chantelle Smith from the NCBI, and she was on talking about the Microsoft Soundscape app, which we're doing a lot of work on at the moment. Uh, Hilary Javin, another NCBI staff member, was on to talk about Supernova Magnifier. So some people use uh, Zoom text, so Hilary uses Supernova. She was on to tell us about that. And then Gar McCreasto was on from the HSE to talk us about the COVID tracker app, which has been a real game changer. It's a huge, huge number of downloads. And um, Carol Byrne from the NCBI library was on talking about Braille production. And then one of my favorites, and we had Sam Seavey, a YouTuber from the States. He was on uh, live event 17 to talk us about, talk us through uh, smart home tech. Um, we actually played a demonstration uh, on that event of a, a smart Amazon smart oven. Um, so that was a great, great show. Ivan um, Lyman Gleason uh, was on to talk about the Connect 12 uh, digital magnifier, very popular device in, in education. 
and then Rene Espinosa was on to talk about the Lazarillo Navigation app in Live Event 19. And then more recently, we had Javier Pita Lozano uh, on Live Event 24 about the NaviLens Navigation app. Well, some some great guests throughout the year. I think um, I, I it's one of the one of my favorites as well was um, the COVID tracker app with uh, Gar from the HSC. That was that was really interesting to see how uh, important accessibility testing and accessibility development was for the HSC as part of their development of of that app as well. A really interesting interview. Just to just to remind everyone too, um, like we're at event number twenty seven, and all of our events are available for download on your favorite podcasting uh, service, so like Apple Podcasts or uh, Google. Um, what do what do Google call it? Google, I wish it would work. And also we have um, all of our live events are published to YouTube as well. So you can actually, uh, you can listen in after the fact as well. And also just to say a big welcome along to those people that are listening in live at the moment as well. So, um, okay. So I think what I'd, what would be fun is there's been such um, amount of content that we've created on the live events. And I thought it'd be an interesting way if we talk about what was our own favorite or our own impactful um, uh, feature that was held on the live event. And do send us in in the comments too, if you've got a specific live event that you uh, thought was very interesting or funny or informative, or actually also tell us if you thought one of them wasn't great either, we're, we're, we can take it. Okay, so I think what I'm gonna do first is how about um, we go to Sean first. And Sean, from your, from your own perspective, I mean, which of the live events did you find uh, find fun or interesting or... or uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was actually a, a fairly recent one, and it was the the Navi Lens one when we were when we were interviewing uh, Javier, and Javier is very good at uh, talking. He, he he talked us through the entire app. I don't even think we need to play some of the videos. We had we had videos queued up, but he was uh, quite happy to explain more and what actually worked out for us. But I think the app is very interesting because because of of the information it can give to service users and people out. Uh, know who are going to be using mobility and we had a few questions and, and concerns about it and they're very interesting questions people are saying well I've no site how, how am I going to know that this is in place or how am I going to be able to find it and the technology they're using is actually you can scan it from up to like 30 meters away oh, wow. it's like it's like a QR code but it's actually much more colorful and it's much more simplified so your camera can capture it quite quickly and so if a person is quite far away I mean that that the, the issue is they have to know places that have them. So if these got introduced into train stations or hospitals or offices, mm. uh, then you would know that when I'm at reception, maybe if I scan my phone around the room, I'm going to pick up all these uh, bits of information. And that mm. could be like you walk into a hospital, you know there might be a sign over a door, you might scan the sign and it might give you directions to the reception. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. And uh, certainly was a very popular one as well, just based on the number of views that we achieved for, for that one too. So, um, and if people have any more questions than that, is there is there a way that they can contact uh, Javier? Should they come to us directly, Sean? Well, they should probably come to us. They, they can send us a, a question through labs and then we can actually relay the inf information to Javier. Or, mm. if they, or if they did want to go through their, uh, their app store or their play store, the, for the NaviLens app, the contact information for NaviLens is also there. Um, what about yourself, Daniel? What was one of your uh, favorite segments from one of the live events? 
Yeah, but there has been a good number of them. Um, but the one I kind of enjoyed um, was, you know, looking out for kind of what what to what to get in a PC or a laptop. The you know the hardware end of it, what to look mm. out for the different specs, um, the pitfalls of that. And I suppose that kind of we touched on it again there recently when we we're coming on to the um, Black Friday. As well, mm. we kind of just revisited that in a way. Um, just I suppose for me, like um, it's you know identifying a, a laptop or or a piece of equipment that's going to suit your needs. Um, you know, without going, you know, maybe going for something that's too powerful uh, that you might use, or going for something that's you know that you need more power, but you're you know you're not going with the hardware that you need to do the job as well. So that those are mm. things to look out for in in the laptops. Um, you know, the, the discussion for me around that was very enjoyable. Um, you know, everybody kind of has their own opinions on it. Um, because there's so much choice out there, everybody kind of sees certain things in different ways and go, goes for that, you know. Yeah, I think it's 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 something that uh, people do come to us quite a lot and, and ask for advice on uh, which specific laptop or um, to buy. And we're always happy to do that. We. Uh, you know, it's 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 we're agnostic in our views, I suppose, on on uh, on what what hardware. Um, I mean, for me, our, our our goal is, as you said, there to make sure you get the right spec. Yeah. Uh, you know that you need for the type of software that you're using it. So, you know, Jaws is is notoriously um, hungry for for power on the laptop. So, if you're a Jaws user, do reach out to us, and we can we can certainly um, uh, advise you on what the best one is to to suit your needs. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've just seen it like even before I joined NCBI, like I've seen uh, in in the computer world how you know hardware can be a mismatch for the job it's, it's going to do. So, mm. um, you know, it's it's always nice to see somebody getting a piece of equipment that you're confident is going to perform for many years into the future for them. Mm. Um, so that that for me was um one of the takeaway points of the year. Okay, cool, Brian and yourself. I um, Kyron, I suppose the, the, the best of the live events for me or the more interesting one was the day we went totally dotty. The live event went totally dotty one of the days there and we concentrated on Braille. Oh, brilliant. And we looked at some of the, um, you know, the, the, the emerging advances in Braille, digital Braille technology. We looked at things like the L Braille. We uh, mentioned the, um, the dot watch, which is a, a Braille watch that has a, a four cell Braille display attached to it. We looked at some of the, you know, the main devices that are being used in education at the moment, like the, the Polaris, the Braille Sense, the Braille Note Touch. Uh, mm. Lena was there and Lena, <clears throat> which is something that maybe we'll refer back to again in a while. But um, she gave us good information on the whole, um, the Lego uh, Braille initiative, which is basically kind of using the conventional Lego uh, concept and using that for particularly for young people at the moment to learn Braille. And again, hopefully this is something that I think would have far reaching effects for adults who wish to learn Braille as well. I'm constantly getting people who, who want to learn Braille, even not necessarily literacy Braille, but Braille, I, I, I suppose you, you could nearly call it ergonomical Braille, Braille that they would use in an everyday life for, you mm. know, playing deck, playing cars or maybe reading, you know, buttons on a lift. So I, I think that, that it could have a great um, the great implications for learning that type of braille, mm. and uh, it really was a good, really was a good. Day. I mean, Kyron, you spoke there of 
of all of the podcasts, so how you can, uh, you know, how can you you can reach these live events through the podcasts and through YouTube. But I mean, that one day was the day that Netflix nearly, you know, came knocking on our door. It was so important and so so exciting. Yeah. So we, we nearly put we nearly put the crown off of the number one spot in Netflix that day. I think. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I, well, I have access to the stats, and I know that that's true. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, JP and yourself. Yeah, so Karen, there's been so many live events, as we, as we mentioned, it's, it's sometimes hard to choose one particular uh, live event that kind of stood out. And I think I think for me, the, the highlight was the sh uh, show we did on, on the smart home technology. It was back mm. in July, and uh, we, we had Sam CV on, who I mentioned a moment ago. He's a, a YouTuber um, who's from the States. He has Stargardt's disease. And I'd say that the, the show was, was focused primarily on um, smart home tech. Mm -hmm. So Sam gave us a demonstration of the, uh, of the Amazon smart oven. And now it's not available in Ireland yet, but it kind of gave us an idea as to maybe what to expect down the line, hopefully, over here. But we had a lot of good demos on this show. We had a demonstration of the of a Samsung smart TV. We had a, a Samsung smart uh, washing machine. Joe did as well, a demo on that. And we also had uh, discussions on things like smart video doorbell, smart uh, video doorbells, uh, thermostats, and even uh, smart uh, vacuum cleaners. Mm. Um, but I think the highlight of the show for me was, was having Sam on, and uh, he gave us some kind of an insight into into his uh, YouTube channel, which I think a lot of our listeners will, will be familiar with. He has a lot of really good uh, demonstrations. Yeah, I really enjoyed listening to that one. So his YouTube yeah. channel is a, is an absolute um, uh, find for someone yeah. who who wants to know the latest on any tool for people with sight loss. It's so yeah, yeah. so well done. I have to say, yeah. I really enjoyed that episode episode yeah. myself. And I think your your very first video that you produced for uh, the live event was on Amazon, wasn't it? It was on Smart Tech. Well, it did one on, on the Amazon Echo. That's right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a huge popularity in, in that 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 uh, smart speaker, particularly over the last you know few months. Mm. Um, but um, I remember we, we had asked Sam when he, when he was on um, about his his YouTube uh, channel, and he gave us some some really good advice because occasionally you know I, I might chat to service users and different people who might be interested in recording their own podcasts or, or YouTube uh, videos, and um, I, we had asked him at the time, you know, like you know, what, what advice he'd give to someone starting off. Um, you know, start starting off their own uh, video demonstrations and that kind of thing. And um, he gave us a really kind of nice answer. He said, "He said you don't need to you don't need to be great to start, but you have to start to be great." I thought it was a really really nice nice. Oh, that's way cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. And I have to say, like even like podcasts and 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 you know live events such as these, and there, there's there's lots and lots of them out there now that are focused for. For people who with sight loss, so um, it, they're hugely great, hugely you know great resource, um, very powerful as well. So uh, yeah, do I, 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 as long as people still keep listening to them, we'll, we'll keep creating them here in the NCBI. Exactly. Thanks, thanks, JP. Joe, on yourself. Hi, Karen. Um, yeah, uh, I liked uh, a few of them actually, but um, I'll just mention I'll mention two real quickly. Uh, the Be My Eyes one was the first one I really liked um, to have hands on talk about an app that's used all over the world. Uh, such mm. a simple app to get uh, assistance through an app. Um, so it's blind people getting assistance from sighted people. And it's really good. Like, you know, it's, um, I suppose there's, an, there's almost a community out there now at this stage. And mm. the other things I enjoyed were um, anything to do with smart tech, I suppose, smart home technology and the Google Home. I covered the Google Home after um jp had already covered alexa i covered google home so they both do the same thing in general i suppose they're they're voice activated smart speakers so um, i enjoyed covering that and um i, I enjoyed the fact that people have taken to them and it help, helps people independence 
and they're starting to connect with new devices every day and every month. You know what I mean? So that's what that's yeah, my we, summary on things. We were only saying er, earlier, actually, we were chatting on this, and uh, since the your um, uh, you were explaining how you could have a washing machine with smart tech. And when I was thinking about it, like I struggle personally to to see any of the settings when I'm, you know, putting on a washer or whatever. And the idea to be able to do that for phone, I have to say. So we're actually going to be buying a new a new washing machine shortly, and I think I'm definitely getting one that's uh, that uh, can link up to my phone. Cool. Yeah, it's a good idea because I mean, as you, as you said, like before, like myself, I used to put the machine at 30 degrees or 40 degrees, and that was it. But I mean, it opens a whole new world to us. I mean, having access full access to devices you know mm. um and it doesn't it it saves time it gives you just independence you know so it, it does it helps that really is it though isn't it it's, it's all about the independence like all all these little pieces of technology like i for me i don't think there's there's any one game changer piece of technology but all these little things help you know what i mean and they they make you that little bit more independent i feel the yeah. same actually because um between our phones and our smart speakers and things like that they're they're all becoming accessible now, you know what I mean? Mm. With technology, technology is the enabler, like, you know, it's, I mean, yeah. you have Siri on your phone, If you, even if you're not able to use the touchscreen, you can use 70% mm. of the rest of the things on the phone. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, same with video doorbells out there now and stuff, you can check us at the door before you answer it, that kind of thing, it just makes mm. you feel safer. There's lots of enablers out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, I've said it before, I mean, the, the, the mantra that, that we tend to live by in, NCBI Labs, which is the technology area, is technology is the key enabler for people with sight loss. So uh, anyone out there that needs any support or additional advice, always do reach out and contact us. Uh, you can send us an email, labs at ncbi.ie, or you can ring the NCBI info line as well. And we're always happy to offer advice on, on assistive technology for people uh, with sight loss. Yeah. Cool. Um, thanks, uh, Joe. Uh, Dennis and yourself. Yeah, thanks, Karen. Well, what you said at the beginning, I hadn't much to say at the start. I've got an awful lot to say in relation to technology. I, it, oh, it's I was only exciting. teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know. But I mean, technology is just so exciting, Karen. It really is. And, and interestingly, whilst everybody was talking, I thought the one thing that's changed that has so so enabled so much of the device we're talking about is, is the broadband that, that's mm. now come into not just um, cities and big towns, but country as well. And it's opened up. Uh, technology uh, and all of these different devices that, that we've mentioned mm -hmm. uh, and what I, what I wanted to talk about uh, which depended on a half decent uh, level of speed from a technology point of view was streaming devices. Uh, the guys actually ran through this in, in the most recent labs and I'd recommend if anybody hasn't heard it they should go back and listen the research that that's put into these uh, these live events is absolutely immense. I learned quite a bit about streaming devices then. The three main ones that we were talking about were Chromecast from Google. We were talking about Amazon Fire Stick and Apple TV. And, and I think from the point of view of opening up a whole new world to people who use these devices, um, you can plug these into your TV and your TV automatically uh, becomes this, gives you access to such a wealth of information. Um, you can connect up to YouTube, you can connect up to Netflix. Um, and with a TV remote, it comes with the Chromecast or with the Amazon Fire Stick, you can talk. So it's it's audio. You can talk to it, you can ask it to open up um, Netflix, you can ask, you can call out a program and you can get it to play that program all via 
audio, verbally saying it. Um, you can, again, there's storage enablement for all of these devices. Mm. So they, they can store items, they can open up items, they can connect up to your phone. Um, and, and I found out also this Amazon Fire Stick, for any of the people who've been around quite a long while, there's 25 uh, Sega games that are available with that as well. And, you know, your, your remotes, they can connect up to Bluetooth, they can connect up to, to headsets, earphones, or old, um, I suppose, joysticks. So I think, for me, the streaming device are exciting. And, and you know, another thing I thought, Karen, from the point of view of price, these things range from 30 euro uh, to, from, from the Chromecast and the Amazon, they're about anything from 30 to 70 euro. When you get into the Apple, that goes from a, a quite a bit more, I think 150 to 220. But I remember JP pointing out Apple is around since, and I, I'm sure you'll know this, Karen, you're, you're um, big into Apple as well. At 2007, the Apple TV has been around. The other device, I think, started around 2013. So they're kind of try, doing a catch up. But for me, Karen, that was what I found. That particular episode I found ex exceptionally good. And I think that kind of technology and what that opens up to people is fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I think one of the things that um, that I noticed when, when I joined NCBI as well is that, you know, so, so many of us use our devices in different ways. And it's like Joe and I were saying is that, that they're enablers. But even, you know, um, being able to buy, let's say, an Apple TV for 100 euro, 120 euro and having access to an accessible, easy to use, because um, some things can be accessible, but they're not easy to use, but yeah. accessible, easy to use um, smart TV. You know, and plugs into any TV. So, uh, and also we have we have Apple TVs on on demonstration and in our new technology center in Tala. We also have yeah. them in head office. So, if you're looking to uh, get a demonstration of them, do reach out to us, and we'd be happy to show you the accessible features that are built into um, the Apple TV or indeed a Samsung Smart TV as standard. So you don't need to buy them before you uh, um, or risk your money. You can actually come in and we'll we'll set them up, and you can even watch some TV there too if you'd like to. Okay, so the live events um, kicked off in in 2020. I think it is some, uh, something that was quite nice that happened out of the of the COVID-19 crisis. But in addition to that, we also kicked off our um, virtual technology clubs around the country. And this was spearheaded by um, Brian, who's on the call with us now. Hi, Brian. Hey, Kyron, how are you? Yeah. So this was... So this is something that, um, as I said, Brian kicked off. And really what we wanted to do is allow our service users an opportunity to come together and discuss technology, their own technology needs and how they use their technology in day to day. And, you know, be a, be a support for each other because how I use my, um, my types of existive technology is completely different to let's say how Brian might use it or, or how Joe might use it or whatever the case may be. And, there's great learning from your friends. You know, there's great learning from other people out there. So the virtual technology clubs kicked off earlier this year and we're running them nationwide at this point, Brian, isn't that right? That's right, yeah. And we're running in them in all of the regions as well. So, I mean, mm. whatever region of the country you're in, there's no excuse. You can join your, you can join the local club. And again, I suppose one of the advantages to them being virtual is that even if, you know, if you're not comfortable in your own region or if, for example, you, you hear of your friends are in the Galway club or your friends are in the, the, you know, are in the Dublin club, then even if you're in Limerick, for example, you can still join the mm. virtual club in uh, in Dublin with your friends. 
And as you say, Kyron, there's been great, fantastic learning in the in it. And one of the main advantages, as far as I'm concerned, is the peer learning. Mm. I mean, okay, we might have uh, you know one of the NCBI labs, uh, tra- um, the technology workers facilitating, I suppose is the word, the club, the actual learning is coming from the actual members. So therefore, and again, I mean, like the learn, the, 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 the participants decide what areas of technology we're going to discuss next week. So, mm-hmm. for example, in the Cork and Kerry Club tomorrow, even though I won't be there, I know what I am going to suggest is perhaps that we have a look at some of these. Uh, we have some of the look at these um, doorbell video callers. It's technologies like that that enable independence in the house, and that I suppose. In in the case of, the, of of that particular piece of technology, it enables greater security and safety in the home as well. Or again, like Joe's, uh, we are feeding off of the live events as well in the various technology clubs, and we are using the different subjects or topics that have been covered in the live events to actually feed the information being disseminated in the actual clubs themselves, which is good. And they've really, really been successful. I mean, we've had up to twelve to fifteen uh, members of each individual club. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of interaction and not okay. The emphasis, I suppose, is on technology, but there's been a lot of of, of camaraderie developed as well and friendship developed uh, through the clubs as well. And again, it's something that we're hoping to grow in um, in 20, uh, 2021, I suppose. I mean, all right, twenty twenty might be the year that we started clubbing. We started clubbing with NCBI. But That's we're definitely going to keep it going next year yeah. and uh, get involved, have your have your say. And again, I mean, technology is the great enabler. And through these technology clubs, hopefully we can enable you to use your technology a little bit better and to greater. greater so how, how do you um, how do you um, join a technology club? Well, Again, as I say, I mean, we're in each region, but that's not necessarily the focus either. But if you contact the local and uh, your local labs trainer, then they can obviously uh, help you be, get involved with the actual club. Again, I mean, you can contact your local CRW. A third option or a third avenue would be to uh, send an email to labs at ncbi.ie and they can co- mm-hmm. put you in contact with your local club or again with any of the virtual clubs that you'd like to join. And um and again, I mean the the the, um, the newsletter that JP and Joe are sending out every week. There's always information in that as well in that te- technology newsletter on the, the the clubs. So that's another that's another avenue that you could maybe look into. Yeah, yeah. So I think just to remind everyone, if as as Brian said, if you do want to take part in one of our technology clubs, they they meet uh, once once a week. Brian, isn't it? Once a uh, week, and it's at twelve o'clock. I mean, the ideal would be at twelve o'clock on a Wednesday, but again, mm. uh, as you know, these have evolved throughout the year. We've been finding that some of them they might just prefer to maybe run at eleven or at one on the Wednesday. Or what, what's happening as well as I suppose they've been a victim of their own popularity or their own success, <laughs> and uh, we we might have too many people in the one area, so we might have to run a second club. That has mm. you know that has happened as well, but generally it's an hour once a week. And it's usually around 12 o'clock on a Wednesday. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. So I would encourage everyone <clears throat> everyone to take part. If they, the feedback that we're getting from service users has been uh, has been really positive. And, and well done to yourself, Brian, for kicking off this initiative and all the NCBI Labs team for, for supporting them as well. Oh, definitely. It's been a huge success on, part, on the part of the labs. And each person has contributed hugely to its success. So Brilliant. Um, 
All right, so another thing we thought we'd discuss today, um, and again, we'll, just, we'll, we'll ask Brian to, to give us some, some more information on it, is we thought it'd be good to look at some of the Braille technology, what's new and what's emerging in, in this area. I, we do discuss uh, uh, Braille technology here on, on, the, on the live event uh, from time to time, but since we're coming towards the end of the year, it might be good to take a bit of a, a look into what's new and what's the latest and greatest in Braille technology. Well, yeah, and again, I mean, I suppose one of the greatest initiatives or one of the best initiatives, as far as I'm concerned, anyway, around the, is, is around the learning of Braille. And it's something I alluded to earlier, and that's the, um, the initiative that's been run in conjunction with uh, the uh, NCBI library with Lena. And it's the, the whole development of, of learning Braille through the, you know, the, 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 the old concept of, of the, uh, the, the Lego brick. And again, I mean, it, it, essentially, they're using the, the the Lego bricks with the different Braille dots on them to um, teach Braille to, to younger people. Again, as as I say, I think that this would have a, a, a this has huge potential as well for adults learning Braille. And again, it's not necessarily your own technology, but it is a fantastic initiative and definitely merits to be mentioned here. And it's something to look out for in uh, 2021 for anyone that's interested in Braille. And again, I mean, this year we've had we've had developments in the various Braille displays. I mean, I suppose one of the big initiatives in the past year to 18 months would be the whole focus on multi-line Braille displays, whereas traditionally we would have had maybe 40 cell displays, 20 cell displays. And for people working in offices, we would have had 80 cell displays. Again, I suppose recently we've had the smaller Braille displays where we're trying to make Braille more portable or mobile. And because people mm. have the iPhones now and the smartphones and the tablets, the 14 cell displays are coming into their own and the 20 cell displays are coming into their own by virtue of the fact that you can just put them into your pocket and carry them around, which then you can, you know, if you're, for example, a deaf blind person, you can use your 14 cell display, which is, you know, paired with an iPhone or a Samsung um, to you. You can use your Braille display for communication purposes. But again, I suppose the, the focus in more recent times has been on the whole developments around digital Braille and multi-line Braille displays, where you would have um, you'd have several lines of of, of of several lines of Braille on a, an individual display. As was the, the the initial prototype of that concept would have been the Knut, which I suppose the Knut, for all intents and purposes, would be like a knee reader for Braille users. So to be like your old, it would be like you know your 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 e player. Um, that would have your uh, electronic book. Well, this would be uh, the, the concept would be uh, in the, the context of Braille. You'd have your, you know, your ten lines of Braille. So you'd have your book, and you could just read your ten lines of Braille on it. No, and in more recent, um, the more recent times, the concentration has been on refreshable Braille. And the difference between what refreshable Braille is is Braille that changes. So the minute the screen changes, the actual Braille changes. So again, it's a, it's a, it's a, it gives you more access to your more access to more modern technologies and to the, some of the more modern developments around iPhone and smart tech, smartphone technologies. And again, it's brilliant for people in education. It would be brilliant for people in the workforce. And again, I mean, there there would be some of the main digital or technological innovations around Braille. And again, of course, you have the Braille or you have the dot watch, which again has a, re a refreshable Braille display attached to it. Mm. And there are things that I think we will be seeing more developments in in, uh, in 2021. 
Yeah, and indeed, we will be uh, talking about them here on the live event as they happen. Um, and we're looking forward to, to more of the advances in Braille. It's something that we really wanted to um, support people around the, digi the digital side of Braille as well, because um, it's such an empowering piece of um, uh, technology. And as well, Kyra, just to say that, I mean, NCBI, we have uh, earlier on this year, we, 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 we um, formed a, a Braille focus group from among the NCBI lab staff. And like, there's four members of the actual NCBI Labs team directly involved in the development of that team. And we've invited external, you know, people external to the NCBI agency who are interested in Braille and who are advocates of Braille. And we've been doing sterling work in the past, right throughout this year, since, since February or March of this year. And uh, again, that's something that we're definitely going to concentrate on uh, next year. And again, I suppose the ideal behind this particular focus group will be to, braille, to bring cutting edge Braille technology and the developments and advance, advances in Braille technology to uh, NCBI service users. So keep an, mm. eye, keep an eye here on this parish. <laughs> Watch this space, as they say. Watch this okay. space. Thanks, uh, thanks, Brian. I think what we'll do is let's move on to our next segment of the show. And just before uh, we kick off that one, just to remind everyone that if you would like to ask a quest question um, during the live event or if there's any specific piece of, of technology that you'd like some help on and you'd like to ask the panel of our, or the team that's here on the line, do send us in an email, labs at ncbi.ie. That's labs at ncbi.ie. Also as well, you can um, you can ask questions in the Microsoft um, Teams Q&A that's available to you as well. Okay, uh, JP, I believe we have some quick tips. We do indeed, Kyron. Yeah, we have a, a quick tip here from Daniel. Uh, this is about creating and using Siri shortcuts with the Seeing AI app. Um, now, I think actually Daniel's actually recorded a video on this, which we're going to play now very shortly. Okay, over to you, Daniel. Okay, so previously on the NCBI Labs live events, we have covered Seeing AI app. But there is a feature within Seeing AI app that allows you to control the app from Siri. So today we're going to take a quick look at how to turn that feature on. So I'm going to go straight for the Seeing AI app. Suggestions. Menu. Tuesday the menu button. Um, when I get into the app, I'm going to go for the menu button, which is up in the top left. Close button. And in here, I'm going to go to the settings. Browse for help, feedback settings. Manage light, currency button. And there's a few options in here, but the second one is configure Siri shortcuts. Configure Siri shortcuts. Recognize short text. So there's several options in here that you can activate um, Siri to carry out. So the first one here we're going to just try out for today's demonstration is recognize short text. Dismiss, cancel, button. So when we get in here, we have the customize the uh, Siri command. So uh, it's just giving you an overview here. Add Siri. Add to Siri. Add a custom phrase Siri can use to tell Seeing AI to run this shortcut. When I say, recognize short text, text field. Okay, so here Double you have, tap to edit. When, when I say, and recognize short text, text field, now you can actually clear that out and put in your own custom command if you so choose to do so, or you can leave it with um, with Seeing AI's recognized short text, which is the default text, but you can clear that out and 
uh, within your own custom one there. Clear tag, do, recognize shot, add to Siri button. So I'm just going to activate that add to Siri button. Back button. And at that point now, the uh, recognize short text is selected. Selected. Recognize short text. Recognize back. Assistive touch. Home. Con seeing AI. Act. Vodafone. Okay, Vodafone. so. Photos. Podcasts. I've now um, got, back to, to open. got back to the home screen and I'm just going to activate Siri and ask her to recognize short text. I have a little document set up in the background there behind the camera, so we'll see how this works. To recognize short text. Menu, hope you have lots of fun and enjoy with the help of your Connect 12. If you have any questions, why not ask your teacher to visit our website at or assistive touch, assistive touch menu. Okay, so I'll just double tap to open the menu. I've just got uh, seeing AI to read some of the page that was there in the background. So if you need any help or assistance in setting this up, uh, don't be afraid to get in touch with your local NCBI IT trainer and support who can guide you through that. And also several other apps have unique uh, Siri shortcut functions as well and might be worth exploring those. So thanks for watching. Thanks, Daniel. That's a really useful feature to to know and uh, <clears throat> and use this the shortcuts app that's built into iOS. I think it came in iOS thirteen, maybe thirteen, and it's a hugely powerful uh, tool. But when you integrate it with with such great apps like Seeing AI, you can actually add so much power to um, to assistive tech on your device. Yeah, you can certainly do indeed. Um, I was actually being cheeky one day playing around with that. And I got to add OK Google to Siri, so that was quite interesting. Oh, really? Going OK Google and <laughs> having that launch, so a little bit of fun, cheeky fun, but it works. <laughs> yeah, I my 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 utilize I use I use that shortcut key in a slightly more boring way. I have it set so when I'm cleaning the house, it turns all the lights on bright. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. uh, yeah, yeah. So, because uh, you wouldn't want to miss a bit of dirt. <laughs> um, thanks for that, Daniel. That was really, really interesting. No problem. Okay, so um, let's move over to our next, or move on, I should say, to our next section on our uh, a live event today, and we have tech help and Q and A. So this is where you can send us in questions or topics. Uh, that you'd like us to offer some help and tech advice on as well. And if you'd like to do so, just to remind you, you can send them into labs at ncbi.ie or even ask them in the question panel um, to those people that are listening live now. Feel free to ask any questions. Um, so JP, um, I might hand over to you to um, uh, read out today's uh, tech help and our Q&A. Yeah, of course. So we have a few questions that came in over the last week. Um, the first question, is I have an Aircom email address which I'm paying for, uh, but I'd like to explore other options. And what can you recommend? So although a lot of people have the old uh, Aircom address was set up years ago, maybe someone's thinking about switching over to um, having another email address. Um, now I know we featured an article on this in a recent technology newsletter. Joe, you might be able to to give some advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. As as people know, in the, in the past year, Aircom have um, started charging 
people to use their email service. I suppose in the early days, it was one of the email services that were out there that everybody started to use. So there's people out there with email addresses now for 20 years and uh, they still have the Aircom one. And I suppose it's difficult to change uh, to in your mind. I suppose it's hard to get used to the idea of changing your email address, but there is no need to be paying a sick $5.99 a month for an email service that is probably uh, I won't say any anything about standards or anything like that. It, it is okay. It does the job. But I mean, there is free services out there that are are better or that have more um, options. You know, they 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 actually specialise in email. You know, so you have Gmail.com, which would be probably number one out there, preferred option. Uh, and also, what used to be Hotmail.com is now Outlook.com. You could set up an email address with both of those services, and they are very easy to set up. Um, you just go to the selected provider and you click create account and like to put a password in and a few more details. You can also set up two-factor authentication and make it more secure. Um, and it's easy enough to set up on your um, email clients like Outlook or um, Apple Mail, things like that. Um, when I say easy, I mean might be easy for some, but if you do need some assistance with it, you can also contact Labs and we'll help you fill in the POP3 server connections uh, um, settings to help you set it up in Outlook or Apple mm -hmm. Mail, things like that. So there, once it's done once, it, it'll work uh, from then on with the, on your phone or your Outlook client. But yeah, I think uh, Gmail or Outlook.com would be your best option. And uh, in, I think I, just to say as well, Joe, I think I think paying that amount of money for a, an email address is completely unnecessary. You know, yeah, so that, um, yeah, and um, particularly when someone you know might be just used to um, the accessibility features of, let's say, um, their Aircom account, or maybe they're used to Outlook. Like we can help them to set it up so it's be it would be just as easy and free. Yeah, like yeah. there was. Um, they, they followed on from other companies. They obviously don't want to specialize in email, like BT done the same in Britain and TalkTalk, Talk, they all started charging. So they're trying to, I suppose, remove people from using their email and then uh, it's probably working uh, as obviously a lot of people have jump shipped and, and started to use Gmail and Outlook. And then there's people out there that have lost their email address and lost lots of valuable emails because maybe they just didn't do their move in time uh, and uh, that's the way it's it's happened anyway that's that's the whole situation in a nutshell but i think outlook and gmail is probably your, your best option out there i think the gmail is probably the best option um because if you have an android phone um it's so it becomes your google account as well on your android phone and the beauty of it is you know, nobody likes changing their email address, but everybody likes changing their phone. And the key to remember is, you know, keep keep using the one Google account as, as you move up through your phones throughout the years. You'll keep your email, but in addition, you know, you, you can set the options there that it, it brings your contacts across and you can bring so much more data along with it because uh, while Gmail, Gmail is probably the first thing that you think of, but it's actually become more over recent years. It's become a Google account, so it, it takes care of lots more things um you know you have your google photos everything is just tied to that one account now so email is actually just kind of a little token of it or there's so much more going on with that account and that address as well so from that point of view the gmail yes yeah, definitely very very powerful that's a good point daniel yeah 
Great. Okay, so thanks, George. Another question that came in from someone who owns a an Amazon Echo. He's he or she saying I, I use my Echo to listen to audiobooks and for meditation, and I don't want to be disturbed with notifications. Is there a way of turning off notifications temporarily while I'm listening to audiobooks or, or meditating? Yeah, well, that's a good point there. Um, as if you use um, your Echo a lot, you, there is a possibility you get a lot of notifications because the, you might have enabled drop-in feature or mm -hmm. um, announcements. You can also receive um, calls on your Echo now from other Echo users, and you can receive text messages. But um, you can you can turn these off for a period of time by just saying, Alexa, turn on Do Not Disturb for one hour. I won't disturb you. So and um, if that'll come back, it'll come back to its normal self after one hour. And um, if you're finished doing your task that you didn't want to be disturbed at, or you can also just uh, repeat the same question. You can turn off, do not disturb, you know, just to turn it off. So that's just that's the simple way of doing it. Um, it's very easy. You just have to ask Alexa. Especially so that doesn't work on kids, Joe. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty. The only piece you get at night is at night time there, Daniel. Yeah. When you put them to bed. <laughs> so, and also, I think Joe, I have to say, fair play to you for doing that live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody's gone in doing not disturb now, so they won't be disturbed listening to the podcast or the live yeah. event. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> good. That's great. Great tip. Um, last question that came in was, how, how can I turn on Windows startup sounds? So I know that Windows is loaded and ready. Um, so I know this could be particularly helpful for someone who's using a screen reader uh, to have this enabled just so that they know Windows is, is, is ready after turning on the computer. Um, now I know to enable this, we can just go into the sound settings. So we can go into the control panel and, and to hardware and sound, sound. And then there's a tab, it's a sounds tab we need to go to. And there's a checkbox there, which may be unchecked if you're not hearing the Windows startup sounds. We have to check that checkbox and it's it's the description is play Windows startup sounds. And once that checkbox is checked, then we should be able to hear the default Windows uh, sound at Windows startup. So thanks for that question. And if you have any any problems enabling that, you can just um, give us a call or send an email to labs and we can help you with that. So that's the other questions uh, that we that came in over the last week, Kyron. Thanks, JP. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Okay, so I believe we have a competition to announce as well. So um, we're going to be giving it away a blind shell classic mobile phone and an Amazon Echo Dot fourth generation. So the latest one um, and to enter into our competition for um, uh, for a chance to win uh, either of those devices. So essentially be two two winners. Um, all you need to do is uh, fill in the survey that we have on our live events. So if you'd like to, uh, um, uh, if you didn't get the survey, we can we can send one to you. You can send us an email labs at ncbi.ie or the survey will be included in our newsletter. And uh, is it available anywhere else, um, JP? I'm not sure. That's that's it. A newsletter and we've shared a link on Facebook as well. Actually, I think yesterday we sent out uh, an email as well to our, um, our tech technology newsletter mailing list. So um, yeah, but, but they're the best ways. It'll be go the next newsletter is out on Friday and we'll have it in that newsletter too. 
So all you need to do is enter your name at the bottom of the survey. Uh, it's not mandatory that you enter, enter your name if you would prefer to stay an anonymous and uh, you don't want to uh, take part in the competition. That's totally fine as well. Um, please do give us some feedback though on the live events and it does help us to make them um, better each week and that's what we hope to do as we move into 2021. Just that you know as well in 2021 we'll also be doing um, more uh, giving more information on the blind shell phone which is a, a, a device that's our mobile phone that's built specifically for people with sight loss. Uh, as always, guys, just to remind you that the, um, the, our support lines, if you if you want to ring us here in uh, NCBI, you can call us on 1850 92 30 60, or you can email labs at ncbi.ie. If you'd like to call NCBI services directly, you can call 1850 33 43 53. All right. And just before we move on to this, uh, the, uh, the, just before we finish up the show, I'd just like to remind everyone what services are available from the technology team here in NCBI Labs. We have, as I mentioned there, we have our technology support line and that's open nine to five, Monday to Friday, where you uh, or someone with sight loss or a member of their family can call us and we will assist you with all technology um, uh, technology needs that you might have. It doesn't matter if, 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 um, if you bought the technology somewhere else, we're happy to help you with it and make it as assess accessible for you. We do offer specialist device and sales and technology of assistive device technology as well. And um, uh, you can call us and we'll give you information on that as well. Uh, we have technology training around the, around the country. If you need specific uh, training on your technology needs, do, uh, do um, come to us. We're always happy to help. Uh, the technology live events, this will continue into 2021. Jude will be back at the helm uh, in 2021. And as Brian discussed earlier on, uh, the virtual uh, technology groups. If you'd like to take part in one of them, please do get in contact with any of the ways that I just mentioned. Um, <clears throat> okay, if you'd like to support us here in NCBI, you can uh, you can go to donate d o n a t e dot ncbi dot ie. And of course, if you'd like to sponsor one of our live events, you can do so by just emailing us labs at ncbi dot ie, and we'll be able to um, fill you in on all the details. Finally, I'd just like to say. Um, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I gave away the, the information about the blind shell phone already. So uh, coming up in uh, future shows, we do have information on uh, internet connections, the blind shell mobile phone, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, if you'd like to sign up to the technology newsletter, you can sign up at www.ncbi.ie or if you'd like to email us labs at ncbi, <laughs> one more time, labs at ncbi.ie and uh, we send out our technology newsletter once a week. Okay, that's it from us here on this episode of uh, the live event, uh, our best of 2020, 27 live events that we did in in 2020, and we hope to do even more in 2021. I'd like to finish up by saying a huge, huge thank you to the team, Jude and all the team on the live event. They've done such a wonderful job on making these such a great success. And my my sincere congratulations for the success on, on them. And also I'd like to say a broader thank you to all of the labs technology team for having such a wonderful 2020. And I'm really looking forward to working with you all in 2021 as well. That's it from today. Thanks very much for coming coming along for myself, Kyron O'Mahony, and all of the team here in labs. Thank you and goodbye.